You know what? I'm not going anywhere just like that bald spot on your head ain't going anywhere. I would so much rather be bald than have them pipe in fake crowd noise for my matches because nobody cares. Dude, I can go buy some topic. You still suck. Oh yeah, it's on. And boy, does Austin Theory look like a tool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sunday night's main events, Monday night raw review. Tuesday morning cooked. I'm Mike McGuire. I'm Joe Aguinaldo. And we bring you your weekly dose of WWE's red brand condensed after a self-indulgent chat of our own into an hour or less. How are you? That sounds about right. I'm I'm tired, man. (laughs) See, originally, because like normally it's it's my job to kind of chair these these after parties and you know decide to spread the love or whatever you want to call it but man am i glad i didn't have to do the after cast for AEW last night that's not a bad thing i'm just saying like i watched the show actually i dropped the 54 bucks or whatever and watched the pay-per-view on fight and just sat here in the the living room by myself and just watched it and i was like I should see if Dan and Joe want a hand with the podcast. And I said, you know what? They'll be fine. They'll be just fine without me. I'm going to go to sleep. And I did. I wish we had had that luxury. <laughs> well, you know what? I got to say, you guys did a pretty good job of, of condensing a very long show into a very digestible podcast. So if you uh, missed AEW's revolution, then you can uh, check out Joe and Dan talk about it right now on the podcast feed. Well, maybe after you listen to our show, then you can. Well, you, you know. should always listen to this show first. I mean, if nothing else, it's just polite. You're already here. You've already pressed play on it. Why? What, what's turning you back now? What's your problem? Just kidding. Joe has a little pooch on his lap right now. Can I tell you about the dogs where I live? Sure. Okay. So uh, I'm back visiting the family in uh, Saskatchewan because we got some stuff to tie up over the next couple of weeks, like I told you about. And uh, they have two dogs. One is like a, a giant Rottweiler breed, but it's right. just dumb as a post. Like, <laughs> like, seriously, it would have to move up several notches in the intellectual scale to hit notch one. Okay. Like. <laughs> And then the other one, I'm not sure what she is. She's a black lab, I want to say, or something. All right. And, and a very nice, very calm dog. Uh, note how I said uh, she for both of them, because the one who is dumb as a post and just, you know, has to be everywhere, everything everywhere all at once, so to speak. <laughs> she has a tendency to want to dominate the other one. Oh, and so she will mount the other dog and try and hump it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like like what you would picture dogs doing, right? Like Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, 
love is love or whatever you want to say here, friends. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I've never seen a I've never seen a female dog mount another female dog that way with the implied action being something that as far as I know is completely impossible. Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like, well, I saw this on TV once, so I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to the dogs. How's life on Joe's end? It's good. Um busy. It's always busy. Um oh, I uh I think I've joined a band. Oh yeah, we've got a we've got our first jam on uh I want to say in about two or three weeks. So I'm just nice. learning I'm learning songs right now. Can we can we get the name of this band? No, no name yet. It's just four dudes. <laughs> so like long and short is um the drummer. At least I think he's the drummer. Um he he's a guy I used to work with a while ago and we actually played a gig once. Okay. And then um I don't know exactly what happened, but he he recently just got out of the hospital or got out of something. And, you know, he's been posting videos of him playing drums and he put out a Facebook post saying, hey, if I know any, any musician friends, you guys want to like start up a 90s type cover band. So I was just like, sure. <laughs> so you know how uh, how Dan was in Bruiser Brody? Yeah. 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 Dan Lebransky was in a band called Bruiser. I have the CD. I just found it again today. Actually. Oh, nice. It's going through some of my stuff. I was like, yeah. That's cool. I'm going to tune that puppy in right away. You should pick an obscure 90s wrestler and make that your band name if you're going to be doing a 90s cover band, right? I will I will bring that up with the guys. I don't really know these people very well, so this Doesn't is, is going to be interesting. Doesn't matter. You know, you should be uh uh you could be the Ludwig Borgas. Oh god. Oh no, wait. He turned No, 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 no. Let's yeah, not never do mind. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Uh, oh, how about the Bastion Boogers? Oh, Muck and Sings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or for those who grew up in the Stampede era, the Effa Muckins, which it oh, works a lot better when you use the actual <laughs> word, right? But we could be the next Karachi Vice. <laughs> No, there already was one of those. There was oh, a, really? God damn it. Yeah, there was God a new Karachi Vice with the Gamma Singh Jr. actually. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Is now is now wrestling as Tiger Raj Singh in one dungeon <laughs> wrestling and uh, still an impact there. So there you go. Um, well, that's cool. What, what kind of songs are we talking here? Because 90s can cover a lot of different eras or a lot um, of different genres. So, so the tunes that we're learning right now are um, Plush by STP. It's a Foo Fighters song. Um, Franz Ferdinand. Take me out. Yeah, that one. That's the one. And um, shoot, what was the other one? Oh, are you gonna go my way, Lenny Kravitz? And and then um, oh shoot, what's it called? It's a honeymoon sweet tune. It was one of their bigger tunes. Uh, I got New Girl Now or something like that. So <laughs> I think only one of these songs you mentioned is actually from the 90s. Because I know yeah, Franz Ferdinand's from 2004 because that actually came out my first year in radio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was and that was their debut album or something. That was like that, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. They they just and, told me learn these songs. I'm like, okay, fine. And then and honeymoon suite didn't have a hit in the 90s, did they? 
this is me putting my hands up right now. I'm just <laughs> I'm like like and it was weird too because like they're like they're like yeah we'll, we'll we'll all we can all play and switch instruments right and the one guy's like well I'm I'm mainly a guitarist and the guy Craig that I know he's mainly a drummer and I'm like okay look I can play rhythm I can play bass and I can play keys and if you need a lead vocalist I used to do that too so I've. I think I'm becoming the bass slash vocalist of this band. Okay, I'm looking at uh, honeymoon suite songs right now. New girl now, which is that's, argu- I think arguably that's the their one. biggest one, right? Yeah. 1984. That's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's like six years, whatever. Sure, feel it again. 1986. I don't, I don't even know. I was not a I was not a honeymoon suite guy. Wave Babies '84, Burning in Love '84. Yeah, I mean, if you're rounding up the back half of the century, then I guess it's close enough to '90s. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. Whatever. It, what? It's it's just it's it's weird because I I actually haven't had to learn music in a long time, so all of a sudden I'm in like learning music mode, and it's. And usually when I get into this stage, I get obsessive. So like, I, I must've listened to that Foo Fighters song. Um, something like, like I want to say 10 times on, on the go train, just trying to learn the lyrics. You know, that's, I, I got a new band name for you. All right. Poor sense of timing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that could work even better when the guy that doesn't know how to play drums at all goes and plays the drums. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> See, it means two things. <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> What's your band's name? Poor sense of timing. Why? You'll find out. <laughs> Just enjoy the show. Oh, that's awesome. Anything else you can tell us about here, Joe? Nah, man. It's it's just it's been notes the grindstone type stuff at work, so nothing really to write home about. Yeah, I wish. I wish I uh, I've been in the hunt for something a little more steady on the employment game right now. I do have a couple of events coming up um, on Saturday, the 11th. I'll be heading back to Saskatoon to ring out some uh, amateur boxing action again with the uh, Copus Boxing Club, who I've done a couple shows for now. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. And then on the. Well, my birthday, April 7th, will be the next Dungeon Wrestling show, so that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, those matches are starting to roll out now, too, on YouTube. I don't know. I, I think I sent you a couple of them. But, uh, you uh, you did post one, too, like to your Facebook yeah, feed. Yeah, That was the uh, the Bollywood Boys against the Billington Bulldogs. So if you haven't seen that yet, find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the Mike McGuire. Actually, I do. I do want to check that one out mainly because of the Billington Bulldogs. Oh, dude, this match yeah. is incredible. This match is incredible. Take me out of it, okay? Because, like, I mean, I'll I'll sit here and put myself over all day, but you know, I do okay. The match is phenomenal. Right on. Really is good. And these. Nah, you, you do. You, you're probably pretty good. And you're just being all like, you know. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, there's some that I'm I'm getting better at, and there's there's little things I don't want to tell you about because if you if I tell you about them. You're going to hear them and that's all you're going to hear. But like, I'm very, very critical about my, my commentary because I was very sick and I was also on short notice and everything else. I can give you a hundred excuses, but it doesn't matter. It's what's in the final product. So 
I will say this, though. I share a bad habit with Michael Cole, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. There was a story about it not that long ago, and if you've read the article, then you know what it is, and if you don't, that's okay, but but that is my big thing. You know, I don't even want to know, man. That's like pulling the curtain back a little I too know, far. I know. So <laughs> if anybody wants to know, message me, and I'll tell you the story, but <laughs> it's uh, it's something that I got to the point where I was like, I was actually manipulating the audio to stop myself from doing it. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh yeah, there's a few spots in, in a couple matches that I got very creative with the audio. So, I mean, I didn't pipe in any fake crowd noise or nothing, which was something that came up on tonight's. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That, that was, oh, that was insane. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was all good. <laughs> And you know, it's funny. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be too. It, that whole thing shook down the way I thought it was. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Like, I know we'll get into it, but I think, I think we actually talked about it off air. We were like, is Cena going to go after Austin theory? And oh boy, did he go after Austin theory? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. I saw this all coming a mile away and I loved it. Uh, we talked a little bit about revolution already. Oh, I, <laughs> This is a stupid story. I have to tell you this, though, because I've been kind of making fun of it all week here. So I'm staying with family in in small town Saskatchewan again this week. And safe to say there aren't a a lot of things to do unless you go to another town, you know, at least like a minimum half hour drive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so (laughs) let's just say that sometimes you make your own fun. Okay. Okay. And Mary... My uh, my birth mom, who's upstairs sleeping right now, and will probably be listening to this tomorrow morning because she's always a faithful listener of the show. Uh, she she's a great photographer, phenomenal photos. She's been taking her whole life, and she does that around here a lot. She's she's one of these bird people, you know. Like, okay. do you have any birders in your life that that share pictures of birds, and they can tell you they've been on the hunt for these ones and everything else? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she's one of those, but then when birds aren't enough, Joe, (laughs) when finding unique, and there are a lot of unique birds, I will give her that I've seen a real life snipe. Now snipe do exist. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I've seen a photo of one anyways, I guess there is a certain historical value and uh, I don't know how to do a characterization that you can follow when it comes to fence posts. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a real thing. Fence posts. Fence posts. Fence posts. You know, like the posts of a fence. Yes, yes. So have you ever driven anywhere in the country uh, and seen, you know, maybe people put like funny things on their fence posts? Sure. Okay. Okay. No, not a big thing. I guess that's more of a prairie thing. But if you go around a farm, sometimes people will get creative with their fence posts. And I guess around these parts, Joe, it's not uncommon to find various characterizations of fence posts i have seen large concrete and this is all photos that mary has taken okay uh, photos of large concrete pillar fence posts i've seen fence posts with bird houses on them i can see you're googling fence posts right now 
<laughs> your glasses like reflect everything on your screen. <laughs> Which, by the way, you should not be looking at those types of pictures. Uh, <laughs> but then there's like, you know, fence posts with birdhouses on them along the way that farmers will will make unique ones for every fence. Uh, there's ones that you'll put little hats on and faces and things like that just to just to be silly, just to have some fun, whatever. And then there's things like you'll see a John Moxley approved pile of barbed wire wrapped around them. And the reason why that is, is that if your fence post ever or if your fence ever has a break in a barbed wire fence, you can just you have it already stocked up on one of the posts. So, you know, a good thing to remember if you're a farmer or you're building a large barbed wire fence or B, if you're a crappy indie wrestler and don't have budget for actual barbed wire, just go jack some off some farm. <laughs> don't oh, actually God. do that. Don't actually. No, don't do that. that that'll that hurt. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, she uh, and I got to admit, and I, I give her a hard time about it because, I mean, it's fence posts. Uh, you but, you you have to share some of these pictures because I, I I I understand what you're saying. I get it, but uh-huh. at the same time, I'm like I'm having a hard time believing. It's well, so I will like, I will see after the amount of of fun I have poked at this, and trust me, I'm sure she will jump at the chance to have her fence posts be shared in a large <laughs> audience. But then again, I don't know. I mean this this is a very personal collection. She's gone and sought out over the months. I want to say, <laughs> wow years maybe i don't know anyway but yeah that's something i learned today was that fence posts are a hell of a deal around these parts uh, now, and now now i feel like my fence posts are, are inadequate to be talking as, about this <laughs> as well you should that was the whole point of this thing you know you worked on the kitchen for so damn long you worked on the house <laughs> but i neglected the fence posts <laughs> I gotta say man here's the new project here's <laughs> here's joe's summer of 2023 <laughs> all fence posts all the time <laughs> oh god <laughs> fence post envy fence post envy all right well i i think that's do i have anything else i don't think so oh i should talk about these i was telling you about them in in messenger here so i dated this girl once and she knew I was a big wrestling fan. And I guess that she, when she was a kid, had bought all these cards. And they were the WWF Action Packed series. I'm holding one of them up right now. It's the one I showed you in the picture. And this is of, oh, the, yeah, yeah. of the Rocket Owen Hart. And so I guess these were gold cards. You could actually get 24 karat gold cards in the set. I don't have any of those ones, unfortunately. Whoa. But I do have the entire set, and they're all in pretty darn good shape, I do say so. Now, I don't know what makes this card in particular so special, but I think if I get it graded and it comes in at the right value, this card may be worth several thousand dollars. Whoa, dude. (laughs) I think. Okay. Because right now, there's only one other one graded out there. So if there's only one graded out there and I have the other one that I'm going to go get graded, then that makes it all of a sudden worth significantly more. So you got to, you got to put a gold chain around it and then wear it. And then we can start calling you like Logan Paul. You'll have like the, you'll have the Pokemon card of Owen Hart cards. Well, (laughs) 
when you put it that way, <laughs> maybe I'll just burn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's just it. So she gave me this whole set and she just thought like, meh, whatever, you know, this guy's wow. all right. I'll give me it. This was years ago. We never saw each other again. Uh, which I mean, whatever. And I, I kind of never thought anything of these cards. They were just in sitting in a box in protective sheets and everything. And they're, they're in mint condition. Like they're fantastic shape, but she may have just helped me pull like a down payment on a house without even knowing it because there's a few more of these cards. Oh, wow. That, that, well, I've got the whole set. Right. Right. And the only thing I'm missing are the gold cards. If I had the gold, gold cards, then we're talking like thousands upon thousands of dollars. But I guess these cards, if they're graded and they're in good enough shape, they actually go up quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, I've been talking to uh, our overseer, Randy, and he knows some people in the grading business. And we're going to get these done up. And, uh, yeah, I might be... uh, might be making a little bit of trading card money here for the first time in my life. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Proving once again that relationships will come and go, but money will always find you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm so damn rich. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Joe, shall we talk about Monday Night Raw now, you think? That might be a good idea. <laughs> I, th- I think you're not wrong. Oh, boy. Joe, do you want to go on a trip? Yes, please. Let's go on a trip. We are headed to Boston, Mass tonight. Boston. In Boston. We're heading to Boston, Mass. In the TD Garden, where, according to Twitter.com slash WrestleTix, at the time of the show starting, uh, there were 71 tickets available. 500 left on resale, but word is, is that this was a a sellout uh, hands down here because nobody wanted to miss John Cena and they did not. They got a healthy heap of Cena tonight, but we will get there as we start off the show. Joe, take us to Monday Night Raw. All right. So we actually start off with a uh, segment from earlier today. We see an SUV rolling up. And uh, out come Jimmy Uso. Vince McMahon. Hey, pal. No, uh, Jimmy Uso, Sola Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. Well, you heard uh, the reports that Vince was backstage tonight, right? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, yeah, legit. That's, wow. That's why, that's why I brought it up is that Vince was reportedly backstage. But you know what? It makes sense. Cena was there. Vince is going to be there. That's, yeah. That's yeah. always going to be a constant. So please continue. Yeah. And he's he's probably back there going, this is not good shit. Um, anyways. So Heyman, uh, Heyman comes out. He says, uh, Jimmy, you heard the tribal chief on Friday. You have to solve the Sami Zayn problem. Um, you know, Sami Zayn escaped, which means he survived, which means he's here in Boston tonight. Um, he says that uh, for the bloodline, Solo will solve the Kevin Owens problem. Jimmy, whether your brother Jay comes to his senses or not, you will solve the Sami Zayn problem once and forever. And as Jimmy and Solo exit the scene, Paul takes out his phone and he calls up Roman Reigns. Yeah. whoop de doo <laughs> I got to be honest. This is the first time I can say that I was kind of getting over the whole bloodline story. This is the first time it's really kind of 
started to lose my interest a bit, which is probably good because they're they're bringing it all to a head here soon. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, this thing has it's been good, but it's I think it's starting to run its course and it's time. We're, we're all seeing the end coming, right? Yeah. So. so, okay, so we go to a shot of the TD Center crowd, and out comes Kevin Owens um, as he's coming down the ramp. Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick run down the show. John Cena's in the house. John Cena, um, Becky Lynch, and Lita are in the house with Trish Stratus. Seth freaking Rollins and Logan Paul go face to face. And in our main event, Sami Zayn goes up against Jimmy Uso. What a great way to set up the next three hours. They don't do this enough, in my opinion. They always wait until after the first segment or the first match to do this rundown. Why not do it at the very start? It makes all the sense in the world. I liked it. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then Solo comes out and that leads us to Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. Now, Kevin Owens, he tries to go after Solo right away, throws him into a barricade, but Solo throws KO into the ring post twice. And as they get back into the ring, Solo goes on offense. Now, he pretty much maintains um, the advantage throughout the match. Um, the story for this part of the match, anyways, is Solo basically showing his dominance and KO fighting from underneath. And every time KO tries to mount some offense, Solo would cut him off and to keep the advantage. At one point, it looks like uh, Kevin Owens might get the advantage after a standing senton, but Jimmy Uso comes out and he distracts KO, and that allows Solo to get the advantage back. Kevin Owens rolls out of the ring, um, and he gets hit with a hip attack on the outside as we go to our first break. Uh, segment two, back from break. Solo still has the advantage. He gets a Samoan drop for a two count, but finally KO gets some offense after hitting a DDT. Uh, Solo accidentally throws KO into Jimmy Uso, who is on the ring apron, and KO hits Solo with multiple super kicks and a cannonball senton in the corner. Owens goes to the top, he hits a swanton, but as he's going for the pin, Jimmy interferes, and then both Solo and Jimmy put a beat down on Kevin Owens. At one point, they put Kevin Owens on the announce table, and it looks like Solo's setting up for a dive on Owens, but out comes Sami Zayn. He makes the save. He goes after Jimmy and Solo with a chair. Um, and uh, as he goes after them with the chair, both Jimmy and Solo bail from the ringside area. Now, Sammy goes in the ring, looks at KO, and he offers his hand to KO to help him up. Kevin Owens looks at him, but he rolls out of the ring. Um, to next a chorus up, of booze. Yes, to a chorus of booze. Um they show a recap or a really quick recap of Bobby Lashley slamming un Uncle Howdy uh, at SmackDown last week. And that takes us to our next break. Boy, did that segment, by the way, from SmackDown, because I watched SmackDown on Friday. Did that ever make Uncle Howdy look like a piece of garbage? You think? <laughs> <laughs> wow, was that bad? Did, did, like, did, like, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't been watching SmackDown as much, but like, this whole Lashley Bray Wyatt thing to me is making Bray look kind of stupid. Well, not our problem. No, not our problem. Haha, <laughs> 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 Greg and Brad. All right. Um, segment three, back from break. They show a recap of Bobby Lashley calling out Bray Wyatt on SmackDown, then followed by the sneak attack from Uncle Howdy. Then we see Bobby Lashley, and he says that he's tired of playing little kid games. Uh, he's talking to Bray Wyatt. He says, I came to SmackDown to confront you man to man, but you're not a man. 
I thought coming to your home would provoke you to face me, but instead you send a guy wearing a mask to do your dirty work. And what's it going to take for you to face me like a man? What is it going to take? Where is Bray? <laughs> is he busy? Is he somewhere like, I don't get it. I just, I, uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he, I mean, he came out and he challenged, like, he's like Brock and Bobby, whoever, whoever wins, like uh, you better run. I'm like, okay, cool. And yep. we haven't seen him. But we still got some time. You got to watch the show, as Triple H would say. Yep. Okay. So uh, next up, we see Byron Saxton in the back with Carmella. And he asks her what a victory against Bianca would mean. Carmella says, Pierce set up this match to get me out of his non-existent hair. Um, She says what he doesn't realize is that he set up his champion to be humiliated before WrestleMania. And if he had made this match a number one contender match, uh, I would have gotten an opportunity for the Raw Women's Championship. Then Chelsea Green comes out and uh, says that if you wipe the floor with Bianca, we're going to go over to we're going to go over Adam Pierce's head and get a ma- and get the match changed at Mania. They kind of go back and forth with compliments, and then they mock Byron. They call him a mouth breather. Um, and, then, and then we go to the ring as Bianca Belair comes out. As we go to our next break. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So far, so far, Mike is not impressed with the show. (laughs) Well, here's the thing is that when you know there's so much good coming and not that this was bad, but like we're talking apples to hand grenades here as far as impact. Like it it certainly wasn't that good, but it was all right. You know, you know, we're killing off time. So, okay, we we got it. We got to get to the end of the first hour so we can start bringing out the heavyweights. All right, so segment four, back from break, Carmella comes out with Chelsea Green, who she had asked to uh, come out with her. Uh, they show a recap of Bianca beating Carmella last week and then Carmella taking a cheap shot at Asuka. And this leads to Bianca versus Carmella. Uh, Bianca has the early advantage in the in, in, in the match, out-wrestling Carmella, but Carmella knocks Bianca off the second ropes face first into the mat as we go to our next break. Yep. Uh, segment five back from break. Carmella has the advantage. And then during this portion of the match, we see Chelsea green trying to get involved. Uh, at one point she distracts the ref while Bianca is trying to get a pin on Carmella. And she also distracts Bianca, which leads to a pin attempt from Carmella, but Bianca ends up throwing Chelsea into the barricade. And then she gets a quick KOD on Carmella for the pin and the win. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, dare I throw out the Aguinaldoism here, but that was a serviceable moment, to say the least. I mean, I'm not seeing a whole ton of uh, real advancement in this. I don't think they're going to add Carmella to this thing. Not Ooh, this late in the game. Well, and not after that match. No. <laughs> like, like, you know. Anyways, after the match, Chelsea Green attacks Bianca from behind, and then she and Carmella start a beatdown on Bianca, but out comes Asuka. Uh, and she blows the blue mist in Chelsea Green's face, and... Chelsea and Bianca Bale. Asuka and Bianca go face to face, kind of stare at each other. And uh, then we cut to Sami Zayn walking backstage. The important thing to note about Asuka's coming out, though, is that it was plain clothes Asuka. It was street clothes Asuka. No face paint at all. No. But then all of a sudden, blue mist. So that that was kind of a neat way to do that. She did look good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we go (laughs) we, we go backstage. Uh, we see Sammy uh, backstage and he runs into KO. Sammy says, look, I don't know what else to say or do, um, but you're kind of, you, you, you start, you're kind of starting to see what I'm trying to tell you. 
the bloodline is too much for you. They're too much for me. They're too much for anyone. And this isn't some, some part of a ploy to make it okay. We don't need to be best friends. We don't need to ride together, but we have the same objective and you can't do it alone. And I can't do it alone. We need to do this together. Um, he, he starts to say, when it comes, when it comes to this, I was part of the bloodline and KO cuts him off and says, I know, I remember you staked your claim as part of the bloodline in this city. I get it. They're too much for one man, but I've been fighting them on my own for eight months. Maybe together we can take them down, but you're forgetting one part. I don't want to do this with you. Maybe go back to Roman, apologize, stroke his ego. Maybe he'll forgive you. I don't care. Just leave me out of it. That's and crazy. Sammy leaves. <laughs> I mean, never in the history of wrestling do I remember there being this much resistance to old enemies teaming up. Do you know, you know what, what I mean? though? I, I like it. I like oh, it. It's great. It's different. Yeah, okay. it's all, all these right. great yeah, things. Yeah. I just yeah. I don't think I've ever seen this before. No, because usually it's like a like maybe two weeks, three on the outside, and then they're like, "All right, we're best friends." <laughs> you right. know what I mean? But I like the fact that they are prolonging this. And you know, after when we get to what happened later on tonight, it, like it just keeps building the storyline. It keeps building that drama. So, yep. okay. So up next, they announce Seth Rollins and Logan Paul will go face to face as we go to break. Hmm. All right, segment six back from break. Uh, we get a Rhea Ripley vignette, which was man, it was pretty that was pretty badass, to be honest with you. Um, Miz is now in the ring, and they recap last week's uh Miz's TV where Seth called Logan Paul. Um, and they go to they go to the ring. Miz says that he's going to moderate the face-to-face between Logan Paul and Seth. He introduces Logan Paul, and then Seth comes out uh, you know, to the ring next. Crowd's going nuts. Uh, they're basically booing. You know, uh, they're singing Seth's song. Logan even try. Logan Paul even tries to tell the crowd to shut up. <laughs> Seth introduces Logan Paul uh, to a very loud "Logan sucks" chant, and uh, I, I actually I love the fact that Logan Paul is leaning into this character too. Well done by him. Um, he he introduces himself to Logan Paul, visionary, revolutionary, Seth freaking Rollins, blah blah blah. Uh, Can we Logan, talk about the fact that Seth was dressed like a candy cane tonight? Yes, I was. I was going to mention <laughs> that. I was going to ask, you know, what did you think of that? We'll get there. Go on. All right, all right cool. Logan Paul says, "I know who you are. You're the clown I dumped at Royal Rumble and stomped at Elimination Chamber." He says that he's better at his job than Seth is, and that he's on his way up, and Seth is on his way out. And if I were you, I wouldn't like me either. <sighs> Miz says Logan Paul made some good points and Seth agrees, but he says that Logan Paul is the scum of the earth, a coward, a fraud, a human dumpster fire. And he says, we don't want you in our house. And that Boston came here to see me get my pound of flesh and it's time to fight. Logan Paul says, if I want to fight, I'm going to do it, but I don't fight for free and I'm not going to fight for free in Boston. However, if the stage was bigger, the money was bigger, and if there was somewhere with a little bit more star power, I'd consider it. Um, Miz starts saying that he can make the match, and Seth throws Miz out of the ring, and he tries to go after Logan Paul, but it ends up that Logan Paul knocks out Seth with a right hand, and he grabs the mic and he says, Yo, Seth, when you wake up, let me know about WrestleMania. Bye-bye, bitch. Um, the announcers mention that Cena's coming up later tonight. They do a recap of the VIP lounge from last week with Brock F5ing MVP 
And then we see almost coming Omos coming out as we go to our next break. Okay, so lots to take in there. Yeah, Logan Paul is a really good job of being a, a weenie heel, which makes you wonder why him and Miz aren't on the same side, but whatever. Uh, and and Rollins sold that right hand like he was shot. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> the way he just landed on his face, and you could just see his nose, like, mashed into the mat and everything. I was like, okay, that, that can't feel good. That can't no, feel good at no. all. Like, normally someone would adjust their head a bit, but he was like, nope. I'm knocked out. I'm knocked out. So I'm I am selling this mofo. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, good on them. I, I don't know if I'm still looking forward to the matches like something, ooh, I gotta see, but I gotta say they're both giving it their all. So it's it's but, good on that point. See, but the thing is though, that's that's not necessarily a match for like us as wrestling fans. Right? I get it. I get it. Yeah, you know. So I I mean I I'm I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say this is a match that I'm also looking like not looking forward to, but I'm, I'm not going to knock it either. Like, no, no, I'm not knocking it at all. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, it'll be what it is and that'll be, yeah. that'll be fun for what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was break. So segment seven back from break. We see Dolph Ziggler coming out to the ring and all <laughs> is in the crowd in his, uh, I guess his positivity gimmick. Now, what the hell is he wearing? He was I I I didn't make it. Yeah, the, it he just, looked was, he he looked like he was a fan of the Killer Bees. <laughs> like he's in this legit. He was in this. I think it was yellow and and black, like striped thing with a big yellow and black toque on, and yeah, Sun, he had the sunglasses on. <laughs> Killer Bee Ali. And then uh, before uh, the match starts, we see a backstage segment and it's Ali that actually got Dolph the match with Omos. And he says like, hashtag be positive, totally stealing the Filipino positivity gimmick, but whatever, I'll give it to him. All right. So <laughs> yeah. this, <laughs> this leads us to Dolph a lot of attention to what we're doing here. Yeah, he might, you uh, might. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this brings us to, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler versus Omos. Uh, Dolph tries a sleeper, an elbow, and a kick, and that's pretty much all the offense he gets. Omos gets the double choke slam and the pin. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't get this complete annihilation of Dolph Ziggler anymore. I just kind of take it for what it is, but... Yeah. I hate to say it, man, but it's Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> like, it's just... What a waste. What a waste. Uh, after the match, MVP gets on the mic and he says, Brock, you wanted me to hype a match. This pointing to Almas is all the hype I need. Um, uh, he says, you should never put your hands on me because I guarantee you that my Nigerian giant tames the beast at WrestleMania. Next up, we go backstage and we see maximum male models and they're, they're, they're ogling over someone. And Baron Corbin walks in and says, "Hey, thanks for the compliments, guys." Because they're saying, you know, he, he's he's a beast. He's you know he's awesome. But then Massey goes, "Ew, we weren't talking about you. <laughs> We're talking about him." And they point over to Alpha Academy, Otis and Gable. Yeah. And then Corbin goes, "What does he have that I don't have?" And I think it was Massey goes, "The it factor, charisma," which I thought was great. Um, Maxine says, you can solve a problem for us. Look next to the stunningly attractive beefcake. 
pointing to Gable and says, if you can handle him, I'll consider taking you on as a client. Then we go back to the ringside area. Finn Balor, Finn Balor and Judgment Day are coming out. We have Finn versus Johnny Gargano coming up next as we go to break. Maximum male models. Uh, I mean, when this thing finally pays off, I can't wait. But until then, you know, <laughs> man, <laughs> Baron Corbin too. Like, what the heck is going on here? Just, you know, he even talked about how he's lost the money at poker. He's yeah. lost his mentor. Just get to the, get to the goods that made you great, buddy. Get the mustard. Get the mustard. <laughs> 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 Get the monster! <laughs> oh man, right. I'd, I'd buy that T-shirt. I would buy that T-shirt. No, All right. no, we can. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, segment eight uh, backstage. We see uh, Paul Heyman with Jimmy Uso and Sola Sokoa. Heyman says, Jimmy, you're the one who will take out Sami Zayn and make sure the tribal chief never has to hear the name Sammy again. It basically, he says, if this doesn't happen, the tribal chief is not going to blame me or Solo. He's going to blame you. Ooh. And this is actually the point where I was like, okay, let's move this forward, please. So, yeah, it's it's just getting to be the yeah. same thing every week now. So. Luckily, we only got a month to go. Only got a month to go. Yep, we only got a month to go. All right. So then Johnny Gargano comes to the ring with Dexter Loomis, and that brings us to Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. And that brought me to almost have a nap. There you go. Um, okay, so Finn has the advantage early, and he cuts off Johnny whenever Johnny tries to fight back. But Gargano gets a Hurricane Rana and hits a dive to Finn on the outside as we go to break. Very okay, is it is it a testament to how predictable this was. I was literally kind of just nonchalantly barely paying attention until I heard edges music. Like I, I knew to lay there and wait until. Oh I yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, they even kind of telegraphed it on the announce when they said edge has yet to respond to um, Finn Balor. And yeah. when they said that, I'm like, okay, so I guess edge is going to interfere in this match. Um Anyway, segment nine back from break. Finn is in control, but Gargano hits an up kick and hits clothesline, uh, knocking Finn down. Gargano gets a spear through the ropes for a two count and a, a few super kicks for another two count. Now, speaking of edge, uh, the judgment day distract Gargano, and this allows Finn to get a missile drop kick. But as Balor goes for the coup de gras, we hear, you think you know me. And Edge's music comes up. Damien Priest, yeah, sorry, yeah, Damien no. Priest, Priest and Rhea run up the ramp, which again telegraph the fact that oh, perhaps Edge is going to come through the crowd, and he ends up knocking Finn from the top rope, and this allows Gargano to get a um, over the top rope DDT for the pin and the win. Great, yep, again, serviceable, sure. So after the match, Loomis knocks down Priest, uh, Edge spears Balor, and he leaves through the crowd. Next up, we see a recap of Cody and Roman. Uh, Roman's face-to-face from SmackDown on Friday, which was actually very good. Nikki Cross comes to the ring, and we go to our next break. 
Yeah. We're, yeah, we're getting to the good stuff now. Well, okay, maybe not this part. Uh, maybe well, not the it's next com- part. It's coming. But it's though. coming. Yeah, you yeah. know it's coming. So let's it's get coming. through the direct and here we go. Okay, so segment 10 back from break. Byron Saxon is in the locker room area talking to Edge, and he asks Edge to comment on uh, him costing Finn the match against Gargano. Edge says that they're starting to affect each other's careers. He calls out Finn, and he says that he'll be in the middle of the ring by himself to settle this next week. Let's see if you have the same stones. I actually like that little segment a lot because A, Edge's acting lessons have paid off because he was talking like how a human talks. You know, this makes all the sense in the world, okay? Your little shenanigans are starting to cost me money. Let's go back to the old pay window here for the winners versus the losers here. You're starting to affect my career. You're having an impact on my win-loss record. Okay, so I want this settled. Let's settle it. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Exactly. This, this is how people would want to talk to each other. So go ahead. All right, cool. Um, they show a recap of uh, Candice LeRae getting the win over Piper Niven from last week and then Piper attacking and injuring Candice. Piper Niven comes to the ring and this brings us to Piper Niven versus Nikki Cross. So Nikki tries to attack Piper from behind before the bell. Um, finally, when the bell rings, Nikki hits a cross body, but Piper rolls out of the ring and basically... Piper gets the Loch Ness Slam. I think it was the Loch Ness Slam because I think she kind of missed it. Uh, but she gets the pin and the win quickly. When will this Scott on Scott violence end? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Continue. All right. Then we see Rick Boogs in the back. I think he's trying to deadlift a truck. What a giant waste of time this was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go through it. Um, oh God! Elias says you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta. If you want to learn, you gotta do it yourself. Go challenge that guy to a match. Say I want to fight you, and it happens to be Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed then comes up to Elias and says, "Hey, I hear you want to fight me. I'll see you next week." Like <laughs> so, Boogs basically took the advice as Elias wanted to fight. Well, yeah, Bronson, so. and so you know, it's funny setup. Sure, it's just. <laughs> How has Boogs gone from being so fun and interesting to just mildly Johnny annoying territory? Like, oh, he's getting there. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. You know, it'd be really weird because they're talking about how Judgment Day might be getting a new member down the line. Oh no! <laughs> Could you imagine if it was Rick Boogs? I. You know what? I I might actually. Be mildly entertained by that, depending on how they do it. <laughs> or even Elias. Even Elias, either one. You know, like Elias could come out and have the wings behind his guitar and <sighs> yeah, we, we didn't <laughs> okay. Anyways, fence posts, friends, yes. fence posts. <laughs> John John Cena is coming up next as we go to break. Thank God. Okay. Segment eleven. Back from break. Out comes John Cena to a massive ovation. Not only uh, John Cena coming out to a massive emo- uh, ovation, but John Cena Taylor Swifting it when he came out the entrance. <laughs> John Cena with his hands over his face, his eyes wide open. He's almost crying. I'm home. I'm home. And that's what he did. <laughs> he did. Um, okay. Now he gets in the ring and before he can speak, 
Austin Theory comes out and he gets to the ring. Has Austin- Theory's music changed at all? No, I think it's the same. Is it okay? I don't know. The, it seemed more wordy than it used to. Oh, maybe they added more. I don't know. It seemed the same to me, but I don't really pay attention to the theme. Well, music, that's so. just it. I usually do, but I, I thought that, uh, I don't know. It sounds like there's more words to it now. Anyway. All right. <clears throat> okay. So Austin gets on the mic first. He says, I got all the respect in the world for you. Um, I became a WWE superstar because of you. And I came out here with a gift. It's the gift of me and you on the grandest stage of them all for the United States Championship, Austin Theta versus John. Sorry, Austin Theory versus John Cena. Cena kind of thinks about it. He goes, No, I'm not interested in your gift because you haven't earned the right to give it. I've been watching and listening to you, and I don't care. Just like every single person in here, we don't believe in you because you don't believe in yourself. You're a generic kid in fancy sneakers, but you got nothing in here. And he points to Austin's heart. He says, Austin's been given opportunity after opportunity, and you don't believe in you. And they, as in the crowd, know it. He says, the crowd is out here out of respect because they believe, but they don't believe in you. You're a pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. He goes on to say that there's no... (laughs) He goes on to say that there's no better name than Austin Theory because that's exactly what you are, a theory. In theory, you should be great. In theory, everyone should be here to see you, but no one cares. You're wasting our time, so on behalf of Boston, we would like to give you the gift. Shut up, turn around, and get out of this ring, and we will let you walk out of here in one piece. And after that piece of the pro- promo i was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> after that promo cena held his golden shovel in the air <laughs> he-man or highlander style however you choose to interpret it <laughs> and there can be only one who they can't see me <laughs> <laughs> Austin, not to be outdone. Well, he was, but anyways, not to be outdone. He says, I'm not going anywhere. Just like that bald spot ain't going anywhere. Which was a great line. Yes, it was funny. Bring it right out of the forefront. And then Cena does an even better thing. Holds his hat off to show it. Yep. Yep. Loved it. Uh, He says that uh, he sees all these shirts that say never give up. But John Cena is saying no. Is he saying that he's giving up? Where's the hustle, loyalty, and respect? And Austin says that he realized that you don't want to meet your heroes because when you do, all they do is uh, all all they do is disappoint. Getting a little mild, mild MJF CM Punk vibe here. Just a mild one, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Okay, see, this this was a better line. Cena says, "I would rather be bald than have them pipe in fake crowd noises from my matches because nobody cares." Zing! I didn't. I didn't say no because I gave up. I I said no to save your ass because you're not ready. If you and I have a match at Mania and I win, you lose everything. And if you win, you lose everything because you may win the day, but then you got to go out the Monday after all by yourself and explain. You won't have me to lean on. It'll be you against the most harsh audience, and they will eat you alive. They will see what I see. You're full of crap. But you really left me no choice because you brought them into it, i.e. the crowd. He asked Boston if they want to see Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania. And he says that I may not care about you, but I'll never give up on them. You just made the biggest mistake of your life. 
He says, I wish you luck, dude. You're going to need it. We know you don't have it in here. Points to the head. Here. Points to the heart. And then here. Points to his balls. And he says, no, you really he, need. He did an old wrestling trick. And when I was ring announcing all the time, this is something I learned to watch out for. In fact, Rhino even told me when I announced his match a while right. ago. <laughs> that he was going to try and give me one of those. And this is the, the old, what's the capital of Thailand trick where he walks by and he taps you in the dink. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So, right. And, and it's, it's legit. Like, trust me, I used to get it all the time at first and because <laughs> guys would crisscross the ring and you're standing in the middle. Right. So they can walk by and they give you a little flick. And all of a sudden you're trying not to sell the fact that you just got punched in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> When he did that to Theory, I was like, that's some old school wrestling shit there. That's <laughs> that's yeah, that, a again, haze. That's like that again, pulling back the curtain a little bit there, because I didn't even think about that. So Yeah, because if go back and watch it again, okay. and and you'll see he even does the old flick of the wrist, and Theory knows like I can't sell this. I cannot sell. <laughs> okay, I gotta that watch John that Cena again. Just punch me in the ding ding. So <laughs> Okay, so Cena goes up the ramp. He says that Austin is not ready for the WrestleMania stage, but he introduces someone who is Cody Rhodes. And uh, Cody Rhodes comes out. They hug. And I'll admit, I might have turned my head, I, but then all of a sudden we're backstage with Kathy Kelly and Sami Zayn. So. Yeah, that was it. He just brought him out. Okay. They they hugged and he showed off. You know, it was kind of the it was kind of the passing endorsement of Cody Rhodes. Right. You know, okay. Go and cool. be the guy. And I guess uh, Cody actually, let me just go to the Twitter here for a second. Cause quote, Cody actually tweeted a photo of that moment. And uh, he quoted John Cena, I'm presuming saying uh, reward their noise every time. Wow. Okay, cool. I mean, he said a lot to him. Actually, Cena was talking like he was talking in a match, but <laughs> it was, <laughs> You know, I, no, no, because you couldn't hear what he was saying. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> anyway, continue. All right. So backstage, Kathy Kelly runs into Sami Zayn and, and asks him about his thoughts going into the match with Jimmy Uso. Um, Kevin Owens, uh, she, he says Kevin Owens is right about what happened at War Games and that everything has changed. He says Jimmy is trying to put an end to Zami's, to the Sami Zayn problem. But if he doesn't, it's the end for him. And I'm not going anywhere until I see the end of Roman Reigns and the bloodline. He says, Jimmy, my dog, it's not going to be your night. Then we cut to the ring and we hear shoosh, shoosh, please. And Gable comes out with Otis. And coming up, we have Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin as we go to our next break. Boy, was there ever a sign that, hey, we got to cool the crowd down after John Cena. Oh, geez. Yeah. So. Let, let, that brings us to segment 12, Corbin versus Chad Gable. There really wasn't much to this match. Um, Gable got a really quick ankle lock and a grapevine for the submission win. It was like, whoa. <laughs> so Yeah. On Baron Corbin. On Who's Baron Corbin. Now looking for a hot dog. And mustard. There and mustard. We can't wait for the mustard. All right. Next up, uh, they show a recap of Becky Lynch and Lita winning the Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, and the champs are coming up next as we go to break. <clears throat> Excuse me. Segment 13, back from break. We have a Miz and Maurice Top Gun spoof. Yeah. All right. That's kind of what I thought you were going to say. I'm going to leave it at okay. that. Well, no, we got to talk about it. We have to give a reason for our disdain. And mine is the same thing it was about the Titanic one with Tez and Bianca. 
is that these aren't these aren't overly memorable scenes that are being spoofed the way the WrestleMania 23 ones were. Like in a way they're they're mimicking the characters, but just not as not as believable, not believable, but you know what I mean? Like okay, I'll put it this way. Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, when Weird Al does a parody of a song, his band plays it exactly like it sounds. Al hits the notes as best he can, exactly how it sounds. Al will make you convinced that this was actually the song. And in some cases, his songs have been more popular than the originals. That's what the WrestleMania 23 Goes Hollywood promos looked like to me. They matched the sets. They matched the tone. They even copied the scenes almost down to a T except for obviously making them a little more WrestleMania. These ones have nothing to do with anything other than, Oh, Hey, that's wrestlers dressed in a different costume and saying lines that are kind of relative to the movie. They're spoofing. Kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just, I, I, I don't even know if kind of is the word. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like a good parody, a good spoof, almost makes you forget that there's a real one and yeah, that's 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 like you know what they that reminds me of the one where they did the a uh, few good men spoof with jbl that yes. was well done that was very well done yes exactly that one was my second favorite one of those you know and, and unless it's meant to be ridiculous like the the taxi driver one you know it's it's it should be something where you're like okay this is this is a thing yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. so anyway, whatever. Uh, you know, they got to mention their little catchphrases and we're off. All right. Next up, uh Corey I think we spent more time analyzing that than we have half the matches tonight, by the way. Yeah, most of the matches were kind of throwaway though. So like, they were they were solid though. They were good matches, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like nothing I mean, come on, you've called two of them serviceable already. So yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So Corey Graves announces Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins at Mania. And next up. Uh, next up comes uh, Becky and Lita, your world tag team champions. Becky gets on the mic. She says the man and Lita have come to Boston and we're here as your new tag team champions. Uh, when a couple of legends like us step into the ring, we're not going to miss. Lita thanks Becky for the opportunity, uh, but she says she also wants to thank their special equalizer. And out comes Trish Stratus. Um, who, by the way, looks amazing. Um Trish says that she'll always have Lita's back and that she mentions uh, Bailey. And as she's talking about Bailey, out comes damage control. Bailey gets on the mic. She says, you love to steal other people's spotlights. Uh, she says that these people might cheer for you, but I see right through you. You're selfish. Trish and Lita, you're legitimately why we're in this ring. But the three of us are going to be the reason why you never come back. Uh, Trish says that she can go from I am retired to I was retired very quickly and ends up challenging them to a match at WrestleMania. Bailey accepts and uh, they go face there. Sorry. Bailey accepts. They start a brawl. Bailey gets stuck in the, in the ring with the three, uh, with the three women, uh, Becky, Lita and Trish. And then she takes shots from them. What do you think of the rumor that Trish is going to turn heel at some point in this thing, which will probably be at the match. Now I, 
I would like to see that. <laughs> I, I think it makes like perfect sense because I think what this is going to set up eventually is a Trish versus Becky match. Well, and not only that, but like even even when Trish was cutting her promo saying like, you know, you know, I've always got your back and, you know, you, you had this opportunity to win gold. Like even then it was like, is she planting seeds for a turn here? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? That's that's what they quote unquote they are saying, but they also said we were getting Brock and uh, Lashley again at WrestleMania, or they were saying we were getting a hundred different things than what we've gotten so far. So anyway, that's one of the popular rumors out there. I could see this one happening though, because again, it, it makes sense to have a Becky versus Trish match, and you're not going to have Becky as the heel in that. So no, no, good luck, good luck trying to do that too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they run down the card for next week or some of the stuff from next week. Uh, Edge is going to call out Finn Balor. We've got Bronson Reed versus Elias, and we have Chelsea Green versus Bianca Belair. Now, compare that to the rundown we got before this show. <laughs> it's like, oof. <laughs> You're not getting seen on the card, though. You're not getting... Yeah. I mean, I, I would be surprised if the rating for this Raw wasn't through the roof. Oh yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what this number looks like uh, tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, because and even if it's not, guys, don't take that as a failure. Because remember, people DVR shit all the time now. People YouTube. watch highlights. I mean, yeah. you can watch everything that happened on Twitter five minutes after it happened. So you know, TV ratings don't mean what they used to, but I still think this should be. I mean, everything's laid out there that it should be a big deal. So yep, yep. I actually I'm I'm curious to see what the YouTube views on like the Cena promo looks like. Right. You know, that that, that to me that's gonna be huge. So anyways, oh, yeah. okay. Especially when they get to the point where he basically admitted to piped in crowd noise and everything. Woof. Oh yeah. <laughs> um okay. I mean so- it's it's no and I was telling uh, Mary about this today actually, because she'd never heard of this before. But uh remember when him and the rock were going at it? Yeah. And yeah. He, he made reference to uh to rock having to get surgery on his uh his his chest basically because he was producing yeah guy know yeah 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 so it's like wow you know this is a this is a real john cena promo here we go well and again it reminded me of when he uh when he you know quote unquote shot on roman reigns a couple years ago yeah, yeah. like same thing you can't you can't do your job <laughs> like, yeah. like ooh. <laughs> but he wasn't wrong he wasn't no, he wasn't. It was, it was, it was really, it was really well done. So, um, okay. Next up, we have Sami Zayn versus Jimmy Uso in the main event as we go to break. Uh, that leads us to segment fourteen, start of the Jimmy Uso versus Sami Zayn match. Sami attacks Jimmy really quickly, and they go to the outside where Sami throws Jimmy over a barricade, and we go to break. That was a very quick segment. This segment. Was- Okay, sorry, I, and I'll let you do what you want to do as far as covering this match goes, but you talk about how matches were kind of throwaway. This one even kind of felt throwaway until the end, in my yeah. opinion. So No, I 100%. 100%. With, with that, cover as much of the moves you want to for 15, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, like I'm not covering too many of the moves. This is segment 15, as we come back from break, Jimmy has the advantage. Sammy starts to fight back. He gets a two count after a tornado DDT. Jimmy tosses Sammy to the outside. Solo tries to go for a spike, but the ref catches him, throws him out of ring, uh, throws him from the ringside, and this allows Sammy to get the blue thunder bomb for two. And we go to our next break. And then, ladies and gentlemen, 
over the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. The skies opened up wide and a bright light shone down from above as it presented to us the most anticipated segment of the three-hour broadcast of wrestling, which we watch every Monday. It is segment number 16 of Monday night. I hope the angels are here. Segment 16, baby, back from break. Jimmy hits Sammy with a super kick as uh, he's coming off the top rope. Now, here's where it gets interesting. All of a sudden, you hear the crowd cheering, and Jay Uso is at the top of the ramp, and he's coming down through the crowd. And this distraction, I guess, allows Sammy to get a sunset flip out of nowhere for the pin and the win. When's the last time a sunset flip actually got a pin and win? <laughs> like, never. <laughs> like, so, I'm I'm thinking like Tito Santana in 1987 or something like I I was thinking more like 1979. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when a suplex could win you a match. Uh, Hack and Schmidt beat uh Gotch or whoever. Yeah. Oh God. God who knows? <laughs> 1904, baby. All right. Suplex. So, so so Jay comes to the ring and he he kind of goes face to face with Jimmy, you know, gives him a bit of a fist bump to the chest. And then he walks away from the ring as and, and he goes to stand beside Sammy on the outside. Uh Jay and Sammy kind of look at each other and they end up hugging. And Sammy and Jay put up the, the ones, and then <laughs> Jay Super kick Sammy, throws him back into the ring, and the Usos start beating down on Sammy. And Solo comes out; he also starts beating out, uh, uh, beating down on Sammy. But then all of a sudden, we hear Cody Rhodes' music. He comes out, runs to the ring, he makes the save, um, and he stares down the Usos at, or the Bloodline as we go off the air. Calling it now. Take a note, faithful listener. Next week on Raw, if not next week, then the week after. But next week on Raw, we get a promo with Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, a la Bret Hart coming out in the match between Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith and says, look at this. This isn't what you are. Your family, your brothers. Come together. And somehow Cody Rhodes is going to be the the thread that sews Sammy and Kevin Owens back together. I'm going to give that two weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. You know, though, that, that, that does make a ton of sense because, uh, you know, Cody's been sort of bigging up Sammy Zayn over the last couple weeks. Why else would kill Cody have shown up tonight? Why else? He's, he's saying, you know what, I'll take care of Roman. You guys take care of these two ding-dongs, and then we'll go from there, and we'll we'll get somebody to take care of Solo later. Yes. Yeah. So. But, yeah, that was it. That was, that was Raw, in a nutshell. <laughs> That's it. That's your Monday Night Raw, friends. And look at that. We are well under time today. It's, uh, it's almost embarrassing how under time we are. Man, you're so good at this. No, no, no. You're so good at this. <laughs> no, friends, like, honestly, give Joe, don't comment on it. You know, last week I told you to comment on grilled cheese sandwiches, whatever. Sean posted a picture of a burger and a bagel. What the hell, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> that was not the assignment, goddammit. <laughs> Show us a picture of your favorite flower. Here's my bowling shoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
<laughs> they're the same, but they're different. You see. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but let's give Joe his flowers here, because, dude, I mean, you you did it perfectly here. We got everything we needed to. If you missed Monday Night Raw, you now know what's going on. We'll tell you. I think we we're both in agreement here. the The segment to see out of this is Cena and Theory. Hands Without down. question, <laughs> yeah. get yourself on YouTube and watch that. Uh, and then, yeah, look forward to see what happens next week. I gotta say, even the, uh, yeah, it's it's just truly a, a different level thing, a totally different level thing. Because in my mind, Cena and Theory were like that was WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania match build. Yep. Yep. Cody and Roman are a WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Match build. Everything else is just kind of there. And that's okay. That's the way it should be. Should, you know, uh, maybe Rhea and Charlotte are getting there because they have a history, but Rhea is still relatively new to the main roster. So the fact that she's come this far and, and is in her second, you know, women's title match uh, at Mania, I mean, that's pretty dope too. So, I mean, <laughs> All in all, this is is shaping up to be a pretty good WrestleMania on paper. And I think somebody... Oh, you know who it was? It was Blaine. Blaine, who hates everything on our group. He actually posted that... uh, (laughs) He doesn't hate everything. (laughs) He hates 99.9% of everything. No, 99.5. Come on, give him some credit here. (laughs) I am, because I'm saying that today he even said, you know what, both companies have delivered some pretty awesome pay-per-views as of late. And I have to agree with that. That is... Very, very true. And I think that WrestleMania is going to be something special this year, even if it is still way too damn long at two days. But yeah, I think it's going to be a fun show. So uh, I, I, I think like the way that this is going, I think Sammy, it, it, like, I mean, Sammy KO versus the Usos. I think that's a WrestleMania worthy match, too. Like it, it will be. It will be if they yeah. get this thing sewn up fast, which is why I yes. think I do it yeah. next week. So. All right. Well, that's Raw, everybody. Um, next week, Joe and I will be here doing the same thing for you. And uh, other than that, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Boris and Matt will have NXT talk for you tomorrow. Big NXT tomorrow with Roadblock. Yep. Um, lots of cool matches coming out of there. I'm interested to see what this Grayson Waller effect with Shawn Michaels is going to turn into. I'm very so, curious to see that. Shawn's out of retirement match number seven. Here we go. Oh, oh God. <laughs> no, it's really just out of two. But um and then what else? Uh, yeah, you got you guys covering the fallout from Revolution, which, again, I mean, I listened to your guys' podcast here. One thing I didn't hear, and maybe it's because you guys didn't watch the presser, but if this doesn't scream that CM Punk is coming back now, I don't know what does. Yeah, didn't M- like I, I didn't see the he presser keeps... either, but he, he made some he made some references to, to CM Punk. Well, not only that, he mentioned his name, yeah, but I mean, he's eating during the thing and everything else. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like the- not even that. I'm talking about the stuff that we did see on TV. The fact that he's doing the I'm the best in the world, I'm the best in the world. There's only one guy that uses that phrase. Yep. You know, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. And Jericho will be like, I used it first. Well, you kind of did, but still. Um, I think that honestly, it's it's more apparent than ever that that punk is coming in some form or fashion. Uh, I love the FTR swerve, by the way. I love the FTR. It turns out all this stuff about them in contract negotiations and everything else. Yeah, it's bullshit. 
Oh, like, for, for, okay, forget the business part of it for a second. I was just yeah. happy that FTR was coming out because I, they, 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 I think they've missed a few opportunities with that team. So I'm hoping that this is oh, the only start. every, only everyone. Only yeah, every every single, every single possible one. opportunity with that team. Yeah. So I hope that the, like this is finally rating the ship. You know, we'll see. We will see. But there you have it, friends. That's Monday Night Raw and uh, preview of some of the things coming up on the network. Again, uh, you're getting the show for free, but we appreciate it if you uh, support the Patreon to keep us going here. Because frankly, uh, you know, we we do put our best work into this. We can. And so if you can uh, help us out here or, frankly, if you uh, listen and you have a web-based business you'd like to advertise on this show or any of the other ones, uh, let us know. Drop us a line and we can make that happen as well. So that's my shilling for the week. Joe, I will say thank you again. And uh, that's it, friends. We're done. Sounds about right. Oh, actually, one last thing. Putting you over a bit. Sunday show was really good. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I, I dug your uh, I dug your interview with Brett. Yeah, yeah, it, it was so funny because I never know what I'm going to get from him, uh, you know, because it was the end. Of, and I'm actually writing a story on it for Slam, and it's going to quote our interview. But you know, you had to be there in that conversation to see the look on his face, um, because you can tell the stuff that he's being honored with in Calgary means a lot to him, and it means a lot personally to him. But then also when he was talking about, you know, how the bar isn't just, you know, it's not just a bar. It's for him. It's for him. It's like a little museum of wrestling, you know, right. and, and it just all happens to be his stuff. But I mean, it is really cool, Joe. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to listen to that and hear Bret Hart in a very sincere, very candid, probably the most candid I've had with him in an interview. Because normally it was always just hyping stuff or promoting stuff. And we do promote some stuff. I mean, the same Saturday that I'm announcing boxing, I'm missing another Brett the Hitman Hart night at Calgary. Oh. <laughs> I haven't been to one. There's, this will be the third one now. I haven't been to one of them yet. But um, yeah, I'll be announcing boxing in Saskatoon. They're, they're hanging his name in the rafters of the Calgary Saddle Dome. That's a big that, deal. That was very cool when, when, when you guys were talking about that. That is a huge deal. <laughs> that is a big, big deal. So. Anyway, yeah, if you haven't heard that interview yet, check it out on the uh, free feed or the main feed or the Patreon feed or whatever you want to do, and uh, it's there for you. So thank you, Joe, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, friends. Take care of yourselves. Later. Bye.